Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website, shrinkthink.com forward slash awesome. Just kidding. (laughs) Forward slash podcast. We've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Hey, thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Disclaimer and newsflash, we are not your therapist. Welcome to the game. We are just educating you and that is it. Do not take what we're saying as a life-changing situation. Please just enjoy the program, sit back, relax, and thank you for being here. Hey, I'm Whitney Owens. If you haven't heard about me, I am the person behind the Wise Practice Podcast, which is part of the Sightcraft Network of Podcasts. I am so proud to be a part of this network, along with Aaron and Nathan, and the good work that they are doing to help people on their journey. If you haven't discovered the Wise Practice Podcast, you can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd love for you to join us as we explore how to grow a faith-based practice that brings you the income you need and the lifestyle you want. So be sure to check out the podcast and other helpful information at WhitneyOwens.com. There you will learn more about the Wise Practice community, how to become a member, as well as information on the 2023 Wise Practice Summit, where Aaron and Nathan, along with ShrinkThink, are sponsors. Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We are back. We're back. And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. Another riveting, exciting episode. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about codependency, but it's kind of in a more specific way. One of the things that I, I think I got this from the Cloud and Townsend book, Boundaries. Um, That's fantastic. I reference it all the time, but in it, they talk about the difference between being responsible to someone's feelings versus being responsible for someone's feelings because in this day and age in our culture everyone's got feelings big feelings and my feelings are untouchable and i you know that's my truth and all that kind of stuff and so this idea is like it it actually has made people pretty codependent because you have to in this culture anyway be worried about other people's feelings and in a sense take care of other people's feelings which creates a codependency dynamic and it happens particularly in close relationships, you know, like in marriages or in families or close friendships or whatever. And so we want to talk about and unpack what does it mean to take responsibility for someone's feelings and then to like essentially scale that back appropriately in a healthy way so that you're only responsible to their feelings, but not for their feelings. Yes, indeed. OK, what I'm thinking about is situations. You know, one of the places where codependency came up in the very beginning, where they were most studied, I guess, is in the the alcoholic family, because the feelings are all over the place, right? And so people don't want the feelings to be all over the place. So they change how they are in order that the feelings are not all over the place, right? So that would be being responsible for somebody's feelings. And the culture that started up with the cancel culture, that's the same thing, because everybody will freak out if you say something. 
And so now you, you're you like, oh my goodness, I have to be responsible for their feelings. I can't say all of these things or else they're going to freak out. Yeah, so essentially I have to make sure that you feel okay all the time. And if you get upset or if you get concerned or offended or whatever, I have to do something to assuage your feelings so that you feel better. It's my job essentially to make you feel better. And somehow like I become your emotional masseuse Right. That if, oh. you're, if you're tense, I have to assuage in kind of a massaging way. That's the word I came up with when I said it. I have to massage that down so that you feel relaxed and feel better. Like, ah, ah, thank you. <laughs> you should see his face when he's doing that. It's creepy. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. But and now, Aaron, our mental health therapist, assuage. That's a good question. Um, no, we're not. A good therapist ought to be able to help their clients, help you identify what you're feeling and show appropriate, I call it care or compassion, even empathy toward your feelings. But that's not the same thing as taking on your feelings and making you feel better. What that I think looks like in the therapy room, for example, would be if a client is upset about something, if they're talking about, you know, a situation and they start crying, they feel sad, or maybe there's some grief or something that's happening. I, as a therapist, feel a lot of compassion. I can feel sad. I can feel along with them. I don't feel the urge to need to move them out of it necessarily. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I need to get you to feel better because that's essentially communicating that what you're feeling is not okay. And then it teaches you that when you are feeling this way, you should expect me to do something to make you feel better. Right. And I'm not going to because I want you, the client, the person who's got the feelings to feel your feelings and to be able to move yourself out of your feelings or to handle them in some way appropriately. And I can guide you in that, but I can't do it for you. So it's about helping people learn to tolerate what they're feeling. And even to take ownership. First of all, that's like the really first part of it is to take ownership of these are my feelings, not my feelings that you need to do something about. They're my feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that ownership piece. I mean, you say it like that. And there's a tendency, I think, for the audience to go, okay. But the reality is that that step is a is a gigantic step. Going ahead and accepting. We've talked about this in other episodes, but not maybe in this way. Taking a moment to like realize what you feel and to own it is at the point where you can actually start understanding what it is that you're tolerating. Yeah, and it's doing something for the relationship that I think is really, really important. If you're listening to this episode on a podcast, I really want to encourage you to head on over to our YouTube channel and watch it because I'm a visual person. I'm using my hands here and we're talking about a relationship. And so it's important that when you own your feelings, you identify what you're feeling and then the other person is identifying and owning their feelings there's like this unblending that happens, this like separation. Blended. Yeah, like that, where it like clarifies the the feelings of the one person and then the feelings of yours. So that now I mean, if you sort of imagine a pile of let's just talk about like Halloween candy, you know, uh, if you've got like a big pile of candy and it's like, OK, what which ones are yours and which ones are mine on the table in front of us? You've got your pile and I've got my pile. Now everything is so much clearer because I know that if something's happening, I'm like, oh, that's yours. That's not mine. And OK, so then the next part of that, too, is. When somebody has a feeling, 
it's really easy for people to say, oh, that's not my feeling. That's yours. Oh, well, then I don't care. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> it's not like you stop caring because like, well, those are your feelings. They're not my feelings. So you need to own them. So there. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> that's a lack of compassion. Yes. And that's the other side of there's a book by Weinhold and Weinhold called Flight from Intimacy. They, I think, focus a little more on that. It's this idea that at the point when you go like, oh, that's yours. Bye. It's right. just it's just emotional abandonment. It's like or or in attunement. So actually, it's kind of, I believe, somewhat developmental when you start to realize that you have your own feelings and the other person doesn't. I mean, you know that I would say everybody listening to this episode would be like, I already know that like, you guys uh, are wasting your time, but you don't like practically experientially in application. I don't think you really do, because if you're still taking responsibility for somebody else's, you don't really understand what that looks like in practicality. Right. So the first step realizing the separation, there's a temptation to go, oh, sweet. Well, whew, you have fun over there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go this way. Bye bye. Mm -hmm. Or you can't make you can't make me feel blah, blah, blah. You know, like, OK, you know, hands on your hips and your hair starts moving. So none of that is actual attunement. I mean, because we're talking about attunement. The, the, the reality is, though, if you think about the tuning fork, like where you just slap it and it starts making noise, you know, <laughs> it's like two forks together make a different like wobbly, nasty, weird thing. Mm -hmm. And you separate them out and then you can actually hear like the, the tonal the, difference the, right so it's like we're talking about that that means where you're not getting out of a relationship you're getting actually in a way more into it because there's more of you there because you can actually put you into it whereas before you don't know where you are because you're trying so hard to make whatever emotions in the room go away or somehow be uh feel okay whatever that means because that's going to be different in every situation that you might not actually even go into any of the feelings that you actually have because you're you're not even tolerating anything that's going on because you're focused solely on making sure that the situation is fine. Right. You're not aware of or tolerating any of your feelings, let alone the other person's. Another way of saying that or looking at that is like in order to help the other, what you perceive as getting the other person to feel better in order to help them with their feelings. You have to move yours aside, ignore or abandon your own feelings to be there for the other person's feelings. And that means in a certain sense, you as a person become invisible or in an enmeshed dynamic. There's a saying that's like in a relationship, if two of you are in agreement, if two of you are always agreeing or feeling the same thing, then one of you is irrelevant. And that's kind of what's happening is like you're just becoming irrelevant to the other person. And that makes sense if your like top value is like harmony and peace in the relationship, but it's coming at the expense of actual intimacy and actual personhood because it's not real harmony and it's not real peace because it's, it's this fake and meshed, you know, we're believing the same thing. But when you have, when you can separate each other's stuff out and I've got my feelings, you've got yours. Well, that means we're going to have some disagreements. That means we're going to have some differences that we actually have to work out and come to some agreement. And find real, true peace and harmony together, which may sometimes just be like an agree to disagree. So the point of the initial point of I've got my feelings, you've got yours is a key first step in identifying who's responsible for what. And I say this all the time as a therapist. OK, you're responsible for these things that you said and that you feel. I'm responsible for these things that I say and do and that I feel. Now we can look at the interaction between the two. That's where it gets kind of messy. 
is because I might say something or do something and then you've got some feelings about it, right? And then, so what's what does it mean to be responsible to your feelings that I've caused or I did something and I hurt you or I upset you, disappointed you somehow? So I got to be responsible to those feelings, but not for those feelings. What the heck does that mean? Yeah, as an example, I think it's easier that way. Let's say um, I'm going to make something up. So let's say one partner in the relationship feels like the other one doesn't get them. And just in general, so they feel kind of alone. And so the setup is we're just going to do the typical quote unquote husband, wife and kids. Okay. Husband's on the couch, you know, whatever, watching TV. Wife is, is in an escalating argument with a kid in the other room. She's worked hard, like to try to manage what's going on, like in her own self, that kind of thing. And the escalation keeps happening. It just keeps going. Finally, husband comes in and tries to just fix everything. Like, we're going to make everything. You go over there. You go over there. This is it. You do this. You do that. Right. And and then wife's story behind that is you're never here. You don't even know what's happening. I feel so alone. And then you show up like this. You sat out by the TV this whole time. If you really cared, you would have came in earlier. We just bothered you because we were so loud, like when you were watching it. And now, fast forward, emotions do matter. Like the, the stuff that's going on does actually matter. Really, in my little analogy there, the thing that the husband would be doing wrong would be controlling the entire thing when he got there. I mean, that thing inside of him to go, oh no, there's a problem. Like I'm going to go rescue, like or fix or, or solve. fix is not wrong. Like it's like, oh, you're, it's like you're responding to a siren, so to speak yeah. of, of a problem. Yeah. There's something happening legitimately and you want to do something about it. Fine. Great. So when you go there to be there, you are there. You don't know, you, you have to trust that, okay, I've got to do some information gathering as far as what's going on. Not so I can fix it just so I can can trust that we can figure out a way to tolerate this disagreement as a family. Like, how do we get there? You know, you're coming in and witnessing it, so to speak. You might acknowledge what's going on, acknowledge, for example, who everybody is that you know them to be. Like, I know you don't want to be treating each other like this. I'm not sure what's happened. You know, I don't know if this is a good time for you guys to keep talking about it because everybody's, I don't know how, I don't know where you guys are at. Do you feel, do you feel escalate do you feel like this is an argument because it sounds like it is like trying to get all your assumptions out because because some some people um talk louder and then they figure things out and they de-escalate maybe you feel as a as a person in the family that you already know everything you already know no 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 when this happens it always goes this way like don't do that like it might not be going that way and again it creates a different space because it allows the assumption as you're being responsible to what they feel that they can look at what they feel essentially at that point and, and be like, Oh man, dad usually does X, Y, Z. It's like turning the apple cart upside down. Yeah. So I want to slow that down actually yeah. quite a bit because I like to identify, help people identify because they always get confused. You can say that example, it happens so fast mm-hmm. and you can tell people do this, do that. But I, I always like to look at, well, what really is going on first? Mm-hmm. And you were kind of describing this when you said, can jump into the scenario and see that there's a problem and instead of solving it stop and ask what is the problem first of all right. what is happening right. it's kind of like what are what is everyone feeling what are the feelings of the room okay so wife mom like what's happening so she's got like her side of the story you know she was 
doing this, doing that. And child, you know, did this. And maybe um, from a parent's point of view, she felt disrespected or frustrated or whatever the case may be. And before you jump in and fix and solve that, we need to then still look over at the child and say like, okay, well, what was happening from your perspective? You were just trying to ask a question and mom didn't seem like she was paying attention. She was distracted or something. And so you felt blank, 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 whatever. So now we've got like some of the story put on the table, like what happened, right? And there is a separation. There's a distinction between what happened, the actual events that unfolded that are factual and kind of objective, and then how you feel about it, right? These things happened and it impacted me in this way. Well, when mom said this, I felt that way. Or when child said this, I felt this way. Now we've got our emotions on the table and we can understand what it is that we need to be responsible to. So being responsible for would not mean I need to go out of my way to like, you know, help you understand what you're feeling. And I guess this is tricky for me. I don't know if I actually really like this example because in a parent child dynamic, that is your job. You have to like this example. That is your job. Right. To help your kid identify what they're feeling. Um, where did it come from? Um, understand, like, you know, is that why you whatever, like mm-hmm. label it, name it for them? Because you're literally teaching, mm-hmm. training them how to experience their emotions. Well, the, the other side of the coin that is in this that I that I like is the idea of humanity out of control. Because when you're describing, like, for example, even even going in to try to find out what you're responsible to and you're kind of trying to look at the feelings. There's a natural inclination for maybe our audience to think like, well, the mom's okay. Like, what, why are, what are you doing? Why are we equaling the mom out here role wise? Like we're, in other words, like, let's figure out what both of you guys are. Th- isn't the mom just right? You know, in the situation of like, like she's the parent. So we're not going to educate the mom the same way we're educating. Like in, as far as like tuning in, it feels like it's a devalue of the role in some ways, but that's not, that's not happening understanding everything that's going on in the room of what you're responsible to is like the mom's got her own feelings. So in a worst case scenario as a parent, which is kind of why I like this example in this way is that if your co-parent was degrading your child, you would, you would step in front of the child and say, you can't talk to them this way. You need to intervene in a way that you're caring for what's going on in the scenario from a protection standpoint. So I'm only saying that not to muddy the waters. I'm just saying like when you have that much emotion in the room, like of what's going on and whatever, whatever situation it is, understanding what's happening by slowing things down, which, which I see why maybe you wouldn't like this example, by the way, because it's kind of too much in a way. Yeah. Like, and I, yeah. Cause I, I think I, I want people to understand at its, at its core, at its basic concept, what does it mean to be responsible for feelings? And I think when you throw, if you're looking at too much of it, it's kind of like, let's just start with one. You know, so like if you were saying like the husband and wife, for example, right? Um, the husband's got some feelings. Maybe he, you know, um, he was doing something and it made the wife feel alone because he was not supporting, you know, whatever. So, okay, he's got this behavior. He did something. It's an action. She's got feelings about it. She feels alone, even though let's say, that's not the case. Let's say it was not even really true that he's just always, you know, sitting on the couch and never there or whatever, but that's how she feels in the moment. Okay. So if the behavior happened, he can acknowledge, yeah, I was sitting on the couch or yeah, I was watching TV or whatever. And I can see how it impacted you. So 
being responsible to feelings is is seeing, labeling, understanding, and acknowledging, and even you can say validating that those feelings exist and that they're legitimate and they they make sense. You don't have to agree that they are the right thing of what happened, right? He's not agreeing that I am never here, I never support you. He's agreeing that when I did this behavior, it impacted her in this way. And she had these feelings about it. And he's like, yeah, that makes sense that you would feel that way. And then, you know, we did a previous episode on some remorse. Go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it. But he's got to feel something and say, like, hey, I'm really sorry I made you feel this way. Acknowledge that there was an impact and that he feels bad that she feels that way. But that's where it stops. He's got to stop there and then say, you know, because that's compassion and empathetic. But then he's got to stop and say, it's her job to manage those feelings those feelings are inside her so now she's got to regulate herself she's got to change her thinking about it like okay what really happened or let's get some clarity on who this guy really is not just who he is in this moment based on my feelings i gotta forgive him you know and then essentially get back into connection with him right there's two pieces there going on at the same time one is that what you're saying is this is how you care for them you are going to care for them in this way you are responsible to their feelings. You are staying with them and, and you are understanding what they feel because you care about what they feel. The other side of the coin is you might edit your behavior. You might realize like, oh, I actually do. <laughs> I could totally see how that comes off. Like I will, I'm going to edit that. And, that. and not even because you agree that you are, you're causing that, but you're just like, oh, I don't want you to feel that way. And it's easy enough for me to change. Okay. Right. And then the other side of the coin is, if you're the one like in that situation, the other partner that's kind of offended and feels alone, you are not entitled to this other person changing all their behavior now because they shared that does. That's not where we're going. It's right. just like, OK, they're they're respecting me. I, I st- you still need to figure out how you're going to tolerate that in light of who the person is overall. And this is just how conversations go. But that's the difference between like, you know, trying to expect the fix to happen and the change to happen. You should expect to be listened to. Um, that should happen. You know, the idea of like, oh, thanks for telling me. Bye. Don't care. You should expect to be listened to. You know, as just in the last minute here of our episode, if you if you listen to our episode on remorse, if you genuinely do have empathy and care and compassion for the other person, if you've hurt them, it will impact you. It will change you. Right. It will it will prompt you to want to do some things different at least at the very least to be more considerate or aware of the other person right right so with all of that care about other people genuinely care about them but also give them space to let them care about and for themselves and for their own emotions yeah give yourself give yourself the space have a great day Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. 